Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. At any moment, He's going to speak to you and that He's going to touch you. What I mean by touch, even even during the worship service, if you have any infirmity, or if you have anything going on in your life, you need to put your faith out there and believe because God moves in the worship service. As a matter of fact, uh, in uh, 2 Chronicles 20.20, there was three armies coming against Judah, and their war plan was, after they got a prophetic word, that the battle was not theirs but the Lord's, they decided to put the worship team in the front of the army that was going out to face. And as they worshiped God, God destroyed their enemies. You know, and that's where we usually quit, but they were three days picking up the spoils. You know what spoils are? That's all the equipment. But they not only brought articles of war, they were wearing jewelry. They were wearing all their bling. So, you know, you can have, uh, be really going through some kind of situation. And if, as you praise and worship, God begins to move in your life. Actually, the prophetic word was, that came to me was during the um, one song where we were doing this uh, rendition of glory, glory, something like that. But what I saw was, was I saw this turtle. And this turtle was inside itself. And I saw the glory of God shining. And I saw that, and I actually heard the voice of the Lord saying, come out of your shell, come out of your shell. And the Lord says that you have places where you go, where you feel comfortable. And that's when you come out of your shell. But the Lord says that his glory is shining even in the places that are your outside of your comfort zone. For the Lord says, even in the hard places, if you will come out of your shell, my glory will fill you. My glory will strengthen you. My glory will do what it was intended to do. For the Lord says, I am that glory. My spirit is that glory. You are filled with my spirit. So come out of your shell, come out of your shell, come out of your shell, and you shall experience life. All right. Praise the Lord. Well, my message today is, if I give it a title, is going to be uh, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. And you know, when you're a kid, you hear these stupid sayings and you think, what do they mean by that? I still, you know, there was this one guy I knew, he always said, what have you? And I, what's he mean by that? But anyway, so I used to hear years ago, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Well, I know what it means now. And um, I want to give you a true life story. But first of all, I have to give you a quote. The quote goes like this. One of the greatest injuries, one of the greatest things that injures men in their old age is believing that they're still young men. I'll give you an example with that. I, what, our grandkids' uh, birthdays are in October, right? All right. Well, it was in October. We were having a party at the, at the park. And so, you know, me 65, hey, man, I can play kickball, actually. <laughs> so anyway... The ball came to me, and there was a kid running from second base to third base, and I'm running with the ball, and I'm going to throw it at him. Well, when I threw the ball, apparently I forgot to let go. (laughs) 
because I go head first and I fall in the gravel and man, I just got pain all over my body. I didn't realize it, but blood was running down my face. And I'm laying there looking up in the sky with my eyes squinting and thinking, man, I shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> so there would go with a pound of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Now, I'm not saying that we should be sedentary by any means because I do not live a sedentary life. I, I, I move and I get up, I walk, I stretch. I do, not every day. I don't, want you, I don't want you to get the wrong impression. <laughs> but you know, when your back gets a little stiff, you start doing some stretches. You know. Anyway, but you know that there's some things in the Word of God that tells us that if we would obey those things, we would not get into the situation that would, be, that would lead us to destruction. Actually, I was looking, uh, looking online yesterday uh, at a particular uh, thing on your body, you know. And uh, one of the, uh, on every website, they say one of the reasons you get this is because your immunity is low. Your immunity is low. You know, if we keep up our immunity then when, when sickness or, or disease tries to come, it will not be able to get a foothold. But let me just say this. There is also a spiritual immune system. You know, let me ask you a question. If you knew somebody uh, was really sick... I mean, with a contagious thing. Would you want to go give them a hug? Would you want to shake their hands? Especially after you see them, you know. Would you just, let's go shake their hands, you know. Oh, you kind of, so some things, even in spiritual immunity, there's some things you need to resist, stay away from, so that you can bring health and strengthen your immunity in the spirit. You say, well, does that really affect me naturally? Does that affect my body? The Bible says a merry heart does good like a medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. Now that sounds pretty well, some people say, well, that's that's just spiritual. Well, bones are not spiritual. A broken spirit dries the bones. I, re, uh, I was just reading a, a story the other day about a woman. Oh, it was a couple that had been married, you know, short time. They were just still like even in their honeymoon stage. And he went to work. And later on in the day, uh, you know, two men came to the door knocked and said, well, we hate to tell you this, but your husband was killed at work. She started to weep and just grieve, and nobody could comfort her. And the next day, she woke up, and her hands and her fingers were stiff, and her, and her uh, wrists were stiff. She couldn't be comforted and ended up in a wheelchair. You say, well, what does that have anything? What does that have to do anything? Do you know that stress and grief in your body causes, uh, causes chemicals to be released that are important and good at certain times, but if there is an over amount of it, it will destroy your body. You know, your body produces cortisol, and a little bit of cortisol is all, is all right, but if you have too much cortisol, it will, it will destroy you. Somebody says, well, you know, uh, what, uh, did God cause that? No, God, God knew what you needed, but he also gave us instructions in the Word of God that we need to follow. We need to follow those. You say, well, I don't know them. Well, that's what your Bible's for. 
I don't know them. Well, you know, listen to podcasts. You know, uh, if, if, you, if you would like some of these scriptures about healing, we'll give them to you. As a matter of fact, they're already on the website. We've got, uh, we've, got wor- we've got scriptures, we've got confessions about things that you can go to. But you know what? A lot of times we, we tend to wait until things hit us. We wait until things hit us. But hallelujah, you don't have to. I'm here to tell you, it's a bright day. Above the clouds, the sun always shines. I don't care how dark your day is, the sun's still shining, those clouds are going to move, and you're going to see the light and the glory of God. Hallelujah. One day, winter's going to pass. Grandma was saying that Grandma was saying all the way to church today. She was uh, was actually go pick up Aaron, but uh, she was saying it's, it doesn't look as pretty as it did. But spring is coming. Spring is coming. There's a, a few little words in the Bible that says it shall come to pass. There's another quote I want to give you. Uh, kind of goes along with the, uh, with the turtle prophecy. And it's, kind of, it's from John Maxwell. I might not get it uh, perfect, but it goes like this. God only uses imperfect people. Do we have any imperfect people in here? I see a couple of you didn't raise your hand. <laughs> God only uses imperfect people because he can't find any perfect ones. So you are a candidate. A lot of times we hold back from coming out of our shell because we look at our imperfections. Here's the key to good health. Get your mind off of yourself. Get your mind off of yourself. You say, well, where's that in the Bible? It says, he who tries to save his life shall lose it. But he who loses his life for my sake shall find it. Well, let's get to the message of the day. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. I guess I better find the right page. Oh, there we go. We already uh, read this verse, but I, well, no, I'm not going to read it. A good verse for you to read every day if you would like to build up your immune system is Psalm 91. In Psalm 91. As a matter of fact, the last passage or the last scripture in Psalm 91 says, With long life I will satisfy you and show you my... He didn't say with long life you'll you'll live a miserable long life. He says, with long life, I will satisfy you. You know, if you're not satisfied with life, then start asking God to show you. I was also asking God for for God to speak to you today, not just my message. but I'm asking God to speak to you because the reason is, is that without his word, without his voice speaking to us, we can't live. We can't live. You can't live. There's several things that you can't live without. Now, we know air, food, oxygen. We know that. But, you know, you can't live without love. You might exist, but you can't live. You need the love of the Father. You need the love of others. And you need to love yourself. And you need to love others. If you can't love others, you are sick. But hey, God's got a cure. Turn to somebody and say, hey, God's got a pill for me. All right, so Psalm 103, verses 1 through 5, it says, bless the Lord. Now, I want you to notice how many times it, uh, the subject here is the Lord, not you. But you're a beneficiary of the message. 
See, a lot of times we are so self-focused that when we look at the Bible, we think it's all about us. The reality is it's all about him, but he wants to benefit you. And he knows if he can get himself and you and he can be a major a part of your life, then he is going to benefit you. He says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities. How many of you have some sins you think God just can't forget? If you think that, then you haven't, then you don't believe this passage. He forgives all your iniquities. The ones you bring to him. The ones you let go of. The ones you bring to the cross. The ones that the blood of Jesus has cleansed. Not the ones we hang on to. Not the ones that we think God can't forgive. He forgives all of our iniquities. And then he doesn't quit there. He says, who heals all your diseases. Have you ever looked up the word all to see what it means? I mean, look it up in Webster's. Look it up in the Greek. Look it up in the Hebrew. All means all. Who forgives all your iniquities? Who heals all your diseases? Now, we already talked about this before, but God cannot lie. Scripture says, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Has he said and shall he not do it? Who forgives all thine iniquities? Who heals all thy diseases? Who redeems thy life from destruction? You know, destruction just isn't in a car crash. Destruction isn't just falling off a ladder. Destruction could be what, you, what is eating you. Destruction could be what you're not letting go of. Destruction, you know, the, the things that hurt us the most are the things we hold inside and we're not allowing God to, we're not bringing it out and we're not allowing God to heal us. I've already mentioned before another time, but we can bind God's hands. We can tie God's hands. We can handcuff God's hands because we won't allow him. We won't allow him. How many of you were forced saved? I mean, you were forced to get saved. I mean, God just came down here, man, and grabbed you and just shook you and said, you're going to get saved right now. He didn't do that, but he urged you. He urged you to be saved, but he didn't make you be saved. Why? Because you had to do something. You had to open your heart. You had to confess him as, uh, you had to confess that you believe in your heart that he died on the cross for your sins, that he rose again from the dead and that he is alive and that he is Lord. When you do that, you release God to come into your lives. But you know, how many of you know your anatomy? How many of you know that there are four chambers in your heart? Physical heart. There are four chambers, but you got to, and you know, each one of those chambers has got a door. Am I right? Donna, am I right? Okay. Am I, am I right? It's a, it's a valve. Open, close, open, close. That's a door. <laughs> Out of the mouth of two or three witnesses. I said it, she said it, you said it even though I forced him into it. <laughs> but we've got to open the, you know, there's some chambers in our, in our heart that may be, not the physical one. We've got some chambers in our heart that we've got shut because maybe we don't want him to see it. Maybe we don't want him to come and clean it up. Maybe we're afraid he'll reject us if he sees it. He's already seen it. He's better than Superman. Superman had x-ray vision. 
Just see right through the walls. <laughs> Whatever you're hiding from God, good luck. He already knows. So it's better just to confess. You know, confession is not for his sake. God says, oh my God, I didn't realize. No, God wouldn't, God wouldn't say, oh my God, would he? <laughs> he says, oh my, I, don't, I didn't believe they did that. No, he already knew it, and then he still loved you. Still saved you. Hallelujah. He says, who redeems, who redeems thy life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and with tender mercy. You know, I've never had a desire to have a tiara, wear a tiara. How many of you ladies have ever worn a tiara? Yeah, I'm, that's okay. It's cool. You know, it's that little sparkly thing, you know, they put in their hair yeah, right there. But it almost looks like a crown at sometimes, you know. Who crowns you with loving kindness? He crowns you with love. You know, God's not opposed to jewels. How many of you know God's not opposed to jewels? How many of you know he makes diamonds? He makes emeralds. He makes sapphires. You know, the gates of heaven are made of pearls. How many of you like oysters? Wow, man. You like, if a gate is made of the pearl, how many would you like to see the oyster? <laughs> Swallow that one. Oh, how did I get off on that? Anyway. <laughs> who crowns you with loving kindness and with tender mercies? Who satisfies thy mouth with good things so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles? Why is it so important that he satisfies our mouth? Because out of our mouth either comes blessing or cursing. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. So he needs to bless our mouth so that good things come out. Well, the reality is, is he's got to bless our heart. We've got to open our heart. We've got to open every door of our heart so he can bless every part of our heart. You know, there's some, there's some doors in my heart that need to be opened. You know, sometimes, I, you know, I've got I've to get away from the news. Things come out of me. Reminds me when I was a sailor. That's kind of a confession, by the way. Bless God. God says, if you open that heart, I will cleanse. As a matter of fact, he said in the Old Testament, open your mouth and I will fill it. Some people say, I don't know what to say. Open your mouth and he'll fill it. Thank you, Lord. So how do we build up our immune system? Well, again, a merry heart does good like a medicine. But a broken spirit dries the bones. Uh, I can't remember his name. I think his first name was Norman. But he, he had received a, um, a diagnosis that he didn't have long to live. And so he decided that, well, I might as well enjoy it. So he rented or got, somehow got, Three Stooges movies. Got popcorn and then went in and watched hour after hour after hour <laughs> of Three Stooges movie. How many of you watched Three Stooges when you were? How many of you hit anybody in the head with a pipe? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> you know, how many, you know they, they say, oh, that's too violent. Well, if you got, you know, if your kids got, if your parents had common sense and you got common sense, you're not going to hit anybody with a pipe. I was almost going to do, do something that they did, but I have to remember one of, the, <laughs> one of the things the old men is they believe they're still young men, right? <laughs> All right. So anyway, Psalm 107. Actually, the, the, whole, the whole psalm there is good, uh, but I just want to take one portion of it. One of the reasons I like it is because it talks about sailors. 
but we're not going to read that verse. But in, uh, it says in verse 17, Psalm 107, verse 17, and then I'm going to jump to 20, 19 and 20, through 21. It says, fools, because of their transgressions, are afflicted. Now, let me just give you the definition of a fool in the Old Testament. When it talks about a fool in the Old Testament, it is talking about somebody that says there is no God. It's not talking about, you know, some, some people that you might call a fool. But, <laughs> but it's some, because, well, I'd give, give you a scripture for that. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. What does it say in the New Testament? In, in uh, Hebrews eleven six, 6, you must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Must believe that he is. You know, sometimes you need to go, go around and say, God, I believe you is. God, I believe <laughs> No, I mean, God, I believe. I believe you are there. I believe you are real. I believe you're alive. I believe that you've got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole wide world in his hands. He's got the whole wide world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. He got a you and me. <laughs> I mean, you've got to come out of your shell. You've got to come out in a positive way. Come out of your closet. Come out. You know, uh, Jesus said in, uh, in Mark chapter 16, he says, in my name they will cast out devils. Well, God wants to get out every once in a while. God wants to get out so that he can shine through you. But sometimes we, uh, sometimes because we're so self-conscious, we shut the doors, we shut the blinds, we lock everything that God can't even shine through. But if you want the glory, if you want to see the day, the Bible says the Lord God is a sun and shield. He will give you grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Come out in the sunshine. Thank you, Jesus. All right. So he uh, it goes on. How far did I get in that? Well, anyway. Fools because of their transgressions and their iniquities are afflicted. The, uh, then they cry out in their trouble and saveth them out of their distress. How many of you have ever been in distress? You called out? And he, uh, and he saves them out of their distress. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. You know, uh, I just noticed something. Normally, that's all I would quote. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. But the previous verse, previous part of the, of the psalm says that we are to call out. And when we call out, he will answer us and deliver us from our problems. Sometimes we do not receive because we don't ask. There's um, an old song and, and, and a book called A Hymn. They might even have one in the Smithsonian somewhere. But there's a song in those hymnals called, uh, called What a Friend We Have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege we have to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what needless pain. We what? We what? Oh, oh, what, oh, what need. Anyway. But the, but the rest of it goes all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. You know, your prayer life doesn't need to be a, you know, get in the closet for an hour. It would be great if it was. But really, prayer is a constant communication, a constant 
opening up of ourselves, a constant communication and a constant hearing. It's not just enough for, for me to talk all the time. I've got to hear what he's saying. Because sometimes when he talks to you, because, you know, the handbook says he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own and a lot more stuff. A lot more stuff. He doesn't just tell you that he, that he loves you and that you're his. He will tell you. He told me not to go to work on the highway one time. And I didn't obey and I got in trouble. He told, uh, he told Melody one time she was driving behind a, a truck with a pinball. Anybody remember what a pinball machine was? Okay. Well, there was this pinball machine in the back of a truck, and she was behind it, and the Spirit of God said to her, move away from that truck. You know, and thank God she just got saved and filled with the Spirit. So, well, you know, might as well. So she got over in the next lane, and that truck hit a bump, and that pinball machine came right out and landed. She would have she been in an accident if she wouldn't have done that. So we've got to not, in our prayer, we not only got to speak, we also have to be quiet so we can, so we can hear. Thank you, Jesus. All right. So again, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. And then he goes on to say, now this is a part of the healing. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and his wonderful works to the children of men. The thought came to me, if you're one of those people that's saying, where's there any good? Then I'm going to tell you to look in the Bible and just start thanking him for things that he did in the Bible. Start thanking him for the people he healed in the Bible. Start thanking him for the people he saved in the Bible. You know, God healed, uh, God saved a murderer and made him an apostle. You say, well, God would do that? Well, let me ask you a question. Have you ever hated anybody? Scripture says he who hates his brother is a murderer. <laughs> How many murderers you got in here? <laughs> Nobody raising their hand. Got one finger. <laughs> so God can use you and make you what he wants so that he can bring his kingdom, his glory, and his power. You know, if you're not having fun in your Christianity, it's not God's fault. It's not God's fault because the scripture says in the presence of the Lord, there's fullness of joy. Who you been hanging around with? All right. So, God, how does God heal? He sends his word by you speaking. I'm going to ask, if you have your Bibles, I have to turn in my Bible because I didn't write it in my. But in Ephesians chapter 5, Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 25, he says this. He says, husbands, love your wives. You know the first, the first Scripture I ever heard from my wife was this scripture. That was even before we got married. She showed me this verse. I wonder why. 25. Husbands, love your wives as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. Now, let me ask you a question. I, I want to relate this to you. What are you speaking to your spouse? What are you speaking to your spouse? What, and another thing, did you notice that Christ is not focused on himself? Why? Because he gave himself for the church. Do you think that Jesus is living a miserable life? Jesus is not living a miserable life. He's off the cross. He's not going back. He's out of the grave. He's not going back. 
He's ascended to the Father, and in the presence of the Lord, there's fullness of joy. Jesus, by the way, is pretty happy. He's pretty joyful. He's pretty excited, and he'd like for you to share that with him. You know, there's a scripture that says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Oh, when we get to heaven. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> hey, man. He's not waiting for you to get to heaven. He wants to give you some of that stuff now. Victory now, exactly. Well, I'm not done with Ephesians. He says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her that he might sanctify her and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. How does Jesus bring a cleansing to us by his word? By speaking to us by that life-giving word that he speaks. By the way, you have been given the opportunity to act like Jesus. You don't sound very excited today. Jim said I had to quit at a quarter of 12, so. <laughs> he got his games mixed up, but anyway. But God, Jesus has given you an opportunity to act like him. Well, how do I act like him? Start speaking life to other people. We used to sing a song. This was back, this was the contemporary Christian music of the day when I got filled with the Spirit. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Makes lame to walk and the blind to see. Opens prison doors, sets the captives free. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Spring up, oh well, within my soul. Spring up, oh well, and make me whole. Spring up, oh well, and give to me that life abundantly. Spring up, oh well. Start talking to your well. Start talking to your well and say, spring up. And let that river of life, Jesus said, Jesus said in John chapter 7, that those who believe in him out of their belly or their spirit man would flow rivers of living water. Rivers. Rivers. We're not talking about creeks. We're talking about rivers. We're not even talking about wells. We're talking about rivers of living water. You know, because, because we live in an area where, you know, you wouldn't go down and drink out of the Susquehanna. You wouldn't go down and drink out of the Wiccanesco Creek. But he's not talking about that kind of river. He's talking about a river that's clean, that's pure, that's cool, that's life-giving and refreshing. That's the kind of river God wants coming out of you. You know what? If you, as you give it to others, it's going to splash on you. Jesus said, freely, freely you have received, freely give. And the more you give, the more you get. I'm not taking up another offering. I'm not even talking about money. I'm talking about you giving life to others so that you can receive more life yourself. The farmer increases by throwing his seed out in the soil. He increases his wealth by throwing it out on the soil. Well, it's just going to lay there and die. But then it's going to resurrect and come to life. It's going to come to life and bring the life of God and the power of God and the glory of God. Hallelujah. I don't know. Praise the Lord. Well, let's, uh, John chapter uh, 15, verse 3, Jesus said, you are already clean because of the word I've spoken unto you. That's why we need to hear him, and that's why we need to speak life to others. 
Do you know anybody that God couldn't save? Have you ever, have you ever said God, would, God could never save that person? God would never, never save that person. You know, sometimes they're the first ones to get it before those other ones that you think are. Thank you, Lord. You are already clean because of the word that I've spoken unto you. John 20, 21 says, as the Father has sent me, even so send I you. One of the first things of doing the ministry of Jesus is speaking words of life. And so you'll remember that phrase. I'm going to sing you a song. Sing them over again to me, wonderful words of life. Let me more of their beauty see, wonderful words of life. Words of life and beauty, teach me faith and duty. Beautiful words, wonderful words, wonderful words of life. Beautiful words, wonderful words, wonderful words of life. Christ the blessed. <laughs> wow, this must be oldies day. <laughs> but God speaks life to you so that not just to speak life to you so you can give it away, but as you give it away, you get more. There's only one, only one sea in the world, I believe, that doesn't have an outlet, just has an inlet. It's called the Dead Sea. It's just got flowing in, flowing in, but it doesn't have any, there's nothing that lives in it either. Nothing lives in the Dead Sea because it doesn't give out what it's received. Thank you, Lord. Just say, say something nice. Speak a word of life over me. You're a powerful man of God. That's great. Hallelujah. Anybody else? You are blessed. I'm blessed. Hallelujah. I'm feeling better already. Miracle working, healing power in you. Hallelujah. You know, if, if you speak words of life, you will plant seeds in people. I've seen people, you, you know, they look like they swallowed a green persimmon. Do you know what a persimmon is? But you speak a word of life, and all of a sudden, they change right before your face. It's a, it's a beautiful thing, especially if you lead somebody to the Lord. They actually change before your face. The burden, the cares, the frustrations, the fears, leave. Now, sometimes they come back because they don't know how to resist it. But you can see people transform before your very eyes because of words, words of life. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus was asked, well, and a centurion came to Jesus a centurion was a Roman officer that was a, that was a leader of a hundred men. So he wasn't a Jew. He was could have been Italian. I re, I remember being rebuked one time because I picked up an Italian at the airport, and uh, on our way home I said, "Would you like some Italian food?" And I got a 20-minute lecture on why it was not Italian. <laughs> IT, 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 Italian. <laughs> okay. Would you like to go to McDonald's? <laughs> anyway, thank you, Jesus. Here's a word you can, you know, and, and listen to me. Listen to me. Now, you can, you can do these things when it hits you, but why not build up your immune system? Yeah, I thought about this this morning, and, and I forgot about telling you, but I remembered, so. 
You know, I have come to church as sick as a dog. Wanted to be in bed. By the way, if I don't feel good, leave me alone. I want to go to my bed, get under my covers, don't even want Melody to bother me. I shall survive. <laughs> That's not cut out of my range. I shall survive. That wasn't one of my favorites, but <laughs> I'm not a survivor, I'm a thriver. Anyway, but what I'm talking about this morning is an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. So what the whole idea of the message is, is for you to take the medicine, for you to take the life, for you to take the word, keep your spirit built up. And then a lot of these things, if they try to hit you, I'm not saying you'll never get hit, but your spirit man will be built up to where it'll take you through. He says in Psalm 118, verse 17, David said, I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. I remember this was a number of years ago. Most of you weren't here. Some of you were. We were still in the storefront, I believe. So that had to be in the 80s. We're in it. Most of you were alive in the 80s, right? Okay, so anyway... We had a woman in our, in our church, she had leukemia, and I was ministering to her, and the Lord prompted my spirit to say, what are you going to do when you get healed? I'm going to ask you that. What are your plans when you get healed, what are your plans when you get raised up? What are your plans when God prospers you? What are your plans when you have your prayers answered? You're going to keep on doing the things you were doing before? David said, I shall not die, but I shall live and declare the works of the Lord. You know what I told her? I said, start preparing sermons. Start preparing messages so that, not just to preach behind the pulpit, so that when people ask you what the Lord's done for you, you've got something to say. You know, I mean, uh, you wouldn't know who she was anyway. But uh, this person sat and watched soap operas. I told my wife before we got married, said, if I ever come home and see you watching soap operas, I want to kick that TV in. <laughs> I don't think she, she wouldn't watch them anyway. What are you going to do? Just going to forget about God? Are you going to give God the glory? Arise and shine and give God the glory, glory. Rise and shine. Give God the glory. What did he save you for? What has he healed you for? What has he raised you up for? What has he saved you? Why has he redeemed you? So that you can hoard it to yourself? You might come to a place where you see somebody, you know, Sometimes it's just a word of encouragement that would save somebody from committing suicide. Just a word of encouragement can turn somebody's life around. And you've got the greater one in you. Who's that greater one? It's God himself lives on the inside of you and he wants to use you, come out of you so he can bring redemption, salvation, deliverance, and life to other people. So Proverbs chapter four, verse 20 through 24. How many sons of God do we have in here? Well, that's ladies too, by the way. Don't, ladies, don't worry about being a son of God. 
Because the men are going to be brides of Christ. How's that? <laughs> anyway, my son, so it's talking to all of us. My son, attend to my words, incline your ear to my saying. He's telling us how to build up our immune system, our spiritual immune system. My son, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my saying. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. That word health could also be translated medicine. We've talked about this last week, but I'll just uh, touch on it in a moment. If you, if you had something and, and the doctor gave you a prescription and you took it home and put it on your nightstand, but you didn't do what it said, you didn't take it, you, didn't, you, didn't, you just ignored it, wouldn't do you any good. But we can relate this to the word. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. So you take your Bible home, you put it on your nightstand, you don't open it, you don't read it, you don't confess it, you don't say it, you don't talk about it to anybody. And something happens, you, you say, God, I don't understand why your word's not working. Did you build up your immune system? I'm trying to remember in my mind as I'm talking a scripture in Proverbs. It goes like this. It says, the spirit of a man will sustain him in sickness. But who can bear a broken spirit? Who can bear a broken spirit? If your spirit is strong, it will sustain you. It will get you through. So, build up your spirit before. Roger's watching the clock. I must, I must need to quit. <laughs> Don't give me any excuses. But it says, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. Out of your heart flows life. If you put life in your heart, life's going to come out. Put death in your heart, death's going to come out. Put life in your heart, let the life flow through you. Not just for you, but for others. And then he says this, he says, put away a froward mouth and perverse lips from you. That's, uh, that sounds like I can't do cuss words anymore. Well, that's not what he's talking about. You know, in, in uh, Numbers chapter, I believe it's 13 and 14, Moses sent 12 spies into, into Canaan to spy out the land. And God said that this land is a land that flows with milk and honey, and I'm going to give it to you. And 10 of them came back and said, everything God said is true, but we can't do it because there's giants. And you know what God said? God said that is an evil Report. You know, when we speak contrary, when we say what God can't do, when he said he could do it, it's evil. So we've got to change that. We've got to change it. And we've got to say, just like Joshua and Caleb, we are well able. We are well able. As a matter of fact, turn to somebody and say, we are well able. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let me close with this scripture. He says in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 10, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed or be not discouraged. You know, it almost sounds, God, how can I not be discouraged? Well, have you ever read John 14? Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let your heart be troubled. Here he says, fear not, for I'm with you. Don't be discouraged, for I'm your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. And I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. These are scriptures that if you will apply them, speak them, read them, 
to yourself, confess them, it will encourage your spirit man, you will build up your inner man so that your spiritual immune system can be strong. I'm not saying nothing will ever come to you. Sometimes people have strong immune systems, some things still hit them, but it will still get them through. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Did we get anything today? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, Father, in the name of Jesus, I just decree before you right now that the enemy will not be able to come and snatch away the Word of God that has been sown into their hearts. In Jesus' name, I decree right now that the power of the Holy Spirit is going to remind them because Jesus said, I'm giving you the Holy Spirit to bring to remembrance the things that I have said to you. And so in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord God, that this word is not going to fall on hard ground, but it is going to be applied, received, and practiced in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask the healing team to come up. Thank you, Lord. Eardrums, ribs, and pain, achy back. The Lord didn't press on me that, uh, well, the story of my life was I was a turtle in a shell. And and just the, the prophetic word of the pastor today that he wants to, to bring uh, people out of their shell in a, in a fresh new way. Body aches or pain in the right arm? Amen. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Um, I just wanted to take a minute to um, brag on the Lord. I asked if I could give a testimony. So um, has anybody in here ever had kidney stones? I know Kyle has. So if you've ever had kidney stones, they're probably one of the most painful things that you go through. And so I've, uh, I'm believing God for the healing of that complete throughout my life. And he's done some real miracles there. Well, just recently I went in for um, test and uh, it was last May and um, it showed that I had a three millimeter kidney stone in my left kidney. And so he wanted to follow up with that. That's passable. It's not pleasant, but it's passable. And so I went back uh, just recently and I had a KUB and an ultrasound done. And so um, I was believing God that not only was the three millimeter gone, but there was nothing in my right kidney. And so I get the test back because you know how Pinnacle does it now. You, it comes up and you can actually see your test results. And so I opened the test results and um, I was like, oh. it showed in my right kidney there was a five millimeter and a seven millimeter. <laughs> that is not good. So I'm like, oh, dear, Jesus is not good. So in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, I go in this following week. I want him to sign up me for lipotripsy right away, ASAP, before this even goes to to pass. And so my mother uh, prayed for me the night before, and and God love her. How many just know mothers have such a power of prayer, and they pray you through things? And so she prayed, and she prayed like this. She said, Lord, just show that there's nothing there. And I thought, oh, God, love her. That's just so sweet. But we know that's not true, right? Because I'm like, it's, it's showing in the results. So long story short, I go into the doctor the next day, and uh, I said, uh, hi, doc. He, he came in. He said, hi, Tracy. He said, how are you doing? I said, well, I guess I'm not doing as good as what I thought. I said, I guess I got, he turned around. He looked at me. He said, why? And I said, well, I kind of got a bad report, right? And he looked at me again. He goes, no, Why? And I said, well, it shows that there's a five millimeter and a seven millimeter in my, in my right kidney. And he went, and I said, What's, <laughs> what does that mean? And he said, oh, don't worry about it. I said, what do you mean don't worry about it? He said, well, I said, the ultrasound, he said, the, the KUB shows you have a three millimeter, but it's in the lower quadrant. And he said, I'm not really worried about that because it, it has to jump up the pass. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm not worried about that. And he said, and, and then the right side, he says, the KUB doesn't show anything. He said, the ultrasound, when there's light going through, it shows something that's blocking, but it could just be um, crystal, crystallizations in there. He said, I won't worry about it. He said, I can't, I can't go in and, and, and zap something that I can't say. So I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. So 
I walked out and the Lord said to me, he said, Tracy, he said, never limit me on how I answer prayer. And he said, things are not always as though they seem. So I just want to encourage you today with that because that was, uh, I mean, mothers are awesome and they, they pray and it seems like it's just like, really? And, and it came to pass, so. Amen. Praise the Lord. And if uh, they didn't mention what you have, if you have something, come up and they will be glad to pray for you. God bless you. You're dismissed. <laughs>